you ready to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the tail ding? In this episode, we're talking about one of the best kept secrets in any community. It's a network of local businesses. From the skin need lessons that'll make you wince, to the tell-all exposés, these everyday people are doing extraordinary things in their business. Welcome to the secret life of local. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, local business marketer and founder of the Get Found for Local program. I've been helping local businesses thrive for over 20 years, from online businesses to multi-location stores. You can turn browsers to buyers and thinkers to doers. Today, we're talking with Cedric Delavaux from Ludoland here in Regina. I'm going to let you tell him, I'm going to let him tell you all about the ins and outs of his business. But my very first question, Cedric, what the heck is a Ludoland? Hello, Barb. So um, with Ludoland, I essentially do two things. I offer woodworking classes, can be for kids or adults. Mm -hmm. And I also build fine handcrafted products, mostly games and furniture. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about that. Before we got on air, uh, you started explaining to me what Ludo and land mean. So let's tell everybody because that's a fantastic story. Yeah, so as you may probably hear, I have a strong accent. I'm coming from France and I wanted to have two sides in my name, the francophone side and the, the English side. Mm -hmm. So Ludo is a French word that means learning while having fun, learning while playing. Mm -hmm. So I was mostly thinking about the workshops and, uh, you know, building things with kids. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's how it came up. Ludo land a place for kids to have fun and learn things. Exactly. So was that kind of your original idea for the business was you were going to help kids with working to keep the craft alive? Oh boy, no, no. I actually started with making games. That was a very, very small thing I was doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird when you run a business, you start with one idea and then you have another idea and another one and another, another one. And it just builds up like this. Yes. So, um, so yeah, no, the original idea was to sell games and then I added the classes for kids and then mm -hmm. added the adult classes and yeah. Oh, very cool. So like, how do people find you? Because to be honest, before we had a chance to talk, I hadn't heard of your business, but once I hit up your website, there is some amazing stuff that you've built. There's classes for kids, teens, and adults. So like, how are people finding you? Well, I, I would say it's mostly word of mouth. You know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people who would come in my shop, bring their kids, they like it. So they talk to their friends and that's how it works mm -hmm. mostly. Um, that's, I think one of the, challenges when uh, you run a business is the marketing sides and get people to know you that's something very difficult and for artists especially like we do things because we love what we do but we don't have any training in you know accounting or marketing so that that's uh that's a tough part <laughs> yeah yeah no that's a very good point so tell me what does a typical day look like for you because i'm thinking you're not hopping on a podcast every day um yeah no a typical day uh starts with coffee a lot of, a lot coffee. of coffee and uh yeah. 
And uh, yeah, no, usually I start my day by, uh, you know, answering all the emails and questions I receive during the, the evening. And, uh, and then I spend most of my day in the shop building things until 3, 3 for 30. And after that, I do my uh, classes. So the after school program mm -hmm. uh, where I receive kids in the shop to build things. So yeah, that's a typical, uh, typical day in my shop. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about these classes. What kind of things would the kids learn or the adults? What would they work on? Um, so kids, um, I have two programs. So the after-school program, they don't get to choose what they work on. Okay. So I tell them we're going to work on that project and everybody is doing the same thing, uh, which is cool. But what I like the best is the uh, summer program because I offer kids to choose whatever they want to build. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, that's a great opportunity for them to come up with one idea they, are, they don't know how they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even I don't know. Like, I'm like, oh boy, that's ambitious, you know? Yeah. But we just get to work on that. And we eventually, every time, like, make it happen. And mm -hmm. um, yes, there is the woodworking side, but I also emphasize a lot on mistakes, you know? And that's something I think in our society, uh, we don't give much credit to mistakes mm -hmm. and i think that mistakes are a great way to learn things yes so um yeah that's something also i try to you know make them understand that mistakes are here because you're trying something new mm -hmm. and obviously you do mistakes like yes. everyone at every age and that's something i want to implement in their mind you know mistakes are fine they're just a way for you to learn something you know, I would even go one step further and say mistakes are important because it builds up resilience and to survive in today's world, uh, you need to be somewhat resilient to, I'm going to try this. Okay. It didn't work. I'm going to try something different. And, and that, I guess, resilience, use my own word, that ability to go back and try again and again and again until something works or until you find another way to do something. That is so important, uh, especially as you talked about in your intro, um, because we're so reliant on technology, we look for our phones to solve absolutely everything. And something True. like the craft that you practice, it's a complete lost art because you can put it on, you know, a machine and make something probably not of the same quality. So, uh, yeah, like I, I think the skill that's being learned there is huge, absolutely huge. Let's touch on that craft for just a minute. Um, obviously, this is a very well-honed skill for you. Is it something like was your dad a woodworker as well? Where does the passion come from? Well, you, you're a bullseye it. It's my dad. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was he was a uh, woodworker. <laughs> And I was lucky enough to have so that woodworker, but a dad who was also patient enough to uh, allow me to hang with him in the shop. And so I get to see him working and I helped him and I learned a lot with him. Mm -hmm. But you know, then life is about, you know, you go to school, you get your degree, you have to find a job and you get into that 
I call that a bad routine because we want everyone to fit in the same mold. And it's, I, I don't think we all meant to do that. But anyway, and I wasn't feeling good. So yeah, I just, um, at some point in my life, I just stopped and said, I want to go back to what I used to love when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about my dad and how he would do things and build beds. And, and I said, that's what I want to do. So I just got back to it and bought some tools and repracticed all these things mm-hmm. I remembered. And that's how I got into it. Yeah. Oh, that is so interesting. And, you know, your point about, um, I think we as parents uh, and society, we, we tend to want to put kids into a box. And so when a child or when a, a teen is in high school, when they're in grade 12, we quite often will say, you know, where are you going to school next year? Instead of saying, what are your plans after grade 12? Because some are going to go to school, some aren't, some are going to, they're going to do all sorts of different things. And I'll be the first to admit that my husband and I, we both have enough credentials behind our name to, you know, choke on. Uh, But one of our kids came to us one day and said, what if I don't go to university? And I was like, okay, what if you don't? And he kind of looked at me, he's in grade nine right now. So he kind of looked at me and he said, well, are you going to be mad? I said, I don't care. It's your life. I said, as long as you're happy and you can pay your bills, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. And you could, you could literally see the stress fall from his face because clearly, you know, he was feeling like that was an expectation. And so having asked the question now, there was that moment of, my God, like I get to choose. And yeah. I don't, I don't care what my kids do, as long as it's legal, as long as no one else is yeah. getting hurt. <laughs> and you know, they they can sustain themselves. Like my job, my job is to build a functioning adult, not to make a copy of myself or my husband. Absolutely. And you see, I I, I it just reminds me when I was at that age. I would have loved to go into, uh, you know, woodworking and mm-hmm. getting to learn earlier some skills. Yes. But I was pretty good at school. Mm-hmm. So my teachers and my parents said, no, you have to go to university. Ah. And I was like, yeah, but what if I don't want to? Well, you're good at school. You have to. Those going you know, to learn skills or those who are not good at school. And I was like, what kind of thing is that? It doesn't make any sense. You know, we should be able to choose regardless the level at school or... Exactly. Yes. Well, you know, and it's funny because my 14-year-old, again, uh, he's very strong in math. And so he's been invited to uh, participate in like the higher level math class or whatever. Uh, And so he was kind of questioning it. And I said, you know, hey, buddy, if you end up going into carpentry or any of the trades, like being able to do that math off the top of your head, that is going to be a skill that will serve Mm -hmm. you incredibly well. True. And it wasn't until we had that conversation that he kind of went, oh, yeah, so I can actually use it. Now, convincing him that he's going to use a polynomial or whatever they're called, convincing him of that, that doesn't happen quite so easily. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Cedric, you never told me before we started, uh, is your dad in Canada, is he still here with us? No, he's still in France. Oh, okay. He's still he in France. France. So you send yeah. him pictures and videos of what you've made? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Does he critique <laughs> and, them? Uh, sorry? Does he critique them? Does he say, oh, you should have this and he should have that? 
Uh, no, I would say that he's impressed because I remember when I told him that I would quit my job and stop doing my own business with woodworking. He was like, yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you really going to do that? And he was like, you, you don't realize how much things you need to know, you need to learn. And I was like, I, I don't care. I don't care. You yeah. know, I made that choice and I'm going to put all the efforts required to achieve my goals. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he, he was doubting first, but now when I show him what I'm making for my clients, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's so true. I think that's, I think that's when you can recognize that someone is truly an entrepreneur when they can admit that I don't have a clue, but I will figure it out because being an entrepreneur takes a, a special kind of tenacity to be able to say, hey, I'm ditching the corporate career, or I'm ditching the university educated career, and you know, I'm going down this path instead, and look out, because I gotta figure yeah. a lot of stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a lot of people, they, they, they think you need a plan, you know? Yes. Things need to be planned and set up, and you're gonna do that in order to achieve that. And it's like, no, there's no such thing. You just, you know, you make a decision, you put the efforts in and eventually things will come to you. You know, like if you put the efforts in, like. Mm -hmm. e yeah, it's, and, and that is so important. You have to be putting the time in. You need to, you know, fine tune the skill, the craft, get the message out there, do all of those sorts of things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of the things that you shared with me before we started was around the environmental practices that you have or how environmentally friendly woodworking can be because you're using uh, natural stains and things like that. Just talk for a little bit about that uh, and share with our listeners what that looks like. Yeah, so th that's something that was very important for me since the beginning, but I, that's, and it's still something I'm improving, you know, like I just want my business to have the lowest impact mm -hmm. on earth, you know? Yes. So yeah, I, um, I'm now using all natural stain and natural finishing. Mm -hmm. So if you go in my, my shop, there won't be any uh, bad chemical odors, like everything is natural. Um, I also recently switched to no paper, so I don't use paper at all in my business. Okay. Um, and the glue as well, I'm uh, trying a new uh, glue that is uh, animal glue. So that's something that was actually used in the past. Like back in times, there was no chemical. So people had to find a way to stain, to glue, and to finish their pieces without chemicals. So I'm trying to get back into those traditional methods. And um, and yeah, it, 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 have, it has a very low impact on the environment and that's really what I like and when kids come in the shop they get to use that as well mm -hmm. and I feel very comfortable and safe to give them this product because it's safe to use there's it's all water-based or oil-based there's no chemical at all so exactly yeah so tell me about being no paper because right away sandpaper jumps into my mind so how do you be paperless? Okay. Oh, okay. So there's still sandpaper? You got me. Okay. You got well, me. Sandpaper isn't <laughs> technically paper, right? So, yes. Yeah, okay. no. When I talk about paper, it's about... Um, Invoices uh, and like... Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, for example, all the... Um, 
the rules for my games, they are PDF version. And I have a, a little tablet where I do all my sketching, mm -hmm. uh, all mm -hmm. my notes, my calendar, everything is uh, on that little tablet. And, uh, and yeah, I've been reducing a lot. Like you don't realize until you step into no paper. But before, like the amount of paper I would use, I was like, my goodness, that's mm. such a waste, yes. such a waste. So no more paper here. <laughs> Good for you. And you know, I think there's a generational <clears throat> thing there because I am, let's say 100% electronic, but the way my brain works, I need to write things down on paper to stick. So if I just type it, it won't stay in my brain anywhere near the same way as if I make some notes. So I end up with all these chicken scratch notes that honestly, I never go look at because I remember them because I wrote it down. So maybe I yeah. need to think about, you know, the tablet you can write on, but for right now. Yeah, I am like you. And that's the reason why I got a paper tablet, ah, which is a tablet you actually write on because mm -hmm. I tried electronic with typing. It doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't stay in my head. I don't know why. Yeah. I couldn't get used to it. So I, I, I'm like this. I need to write things down with my hand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got this little tablet, and that's working perfectly for me. So, ah. so really does like it, it does it save for you? Like, can you save whatever you write? It's yes. It saves everything. You can create your own template. So I've been creating a template for my calendar that suits my needs. Yep. So I have my template for the calendar. I've got, I can take notes, uh, all kinds of things. That's a very great tool for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to have to talk for a few minutes offline. I have a, I have a <laughs> birthday good. coming up right away. So I think I might be adding to my birthday list. Yeah. When, I, when yeah. I say right away, I mean like tomorrow is my birthday. So I can give that to my husband tonight. Oh. <laughs> He owes me. Like, we won't go into detail, but he owes me for my birthday because I told him exactly what I go. wanted. <laughs> but get this. I told him exactly what I wanted. I gave him the link to go and, like, purchase. It's a local thing that's happening. And he dragged his heels and hummed and hawed. And then tickets were sold out. So he's kind of in the doghouse. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about let's talk, let's talk about you again because that's why we're here. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the classes, but I know you also do game rental, so games that you've made and then you rent them. So, like, tell me about that. Are they great big ones? Are they like tabletop ones? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I've got both. I've got some big games that would sit on the ground because they're just too big to be on the table. I have some that sits on the table, but they're still, you know, fairly big. And um, these games are uh, traditional games from Europe. So before we had all the electronics and all that kind of thing, people used to go in fairs and you would find a lot of these wooden games for, you know, people to play with. It's not even for kids, you know, like adults can play with that too. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they got into pubs in Europe as well. And they're still, they're still pretty used. Now in Europe, obviously less than mm -hmm. back in times. And when I arrived in Canada, I didn't 
find any of these games and i would like it could be a good idea you know to make some and okay. uh yeah offer them for people you know to to rent it for you know weddings or festivals or you know stuff like this and uh mm-hmm. you know people usually really really like it <laughs> oh i bet like right away my mind jumped to my kids birthdays because being teens now like they need something yeah. to do other than playing on their phone right and so it's like yeah rent a couple of these things um my daughter's birthday is in the spring so it would still be you know hopefully hopefully nice weather by then by the time her birthday rolls around (laughs) exactly uh my son's birthday like there's just always going to be snow no two questions about it and in fact if there wasn't snow for his birthday uh that would be a little bit worrisome because he's right in the dead of winter so Whatever. But yeah, that's that's an awesome idea. So how do people go about renting? So um, usually they contact me mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they just tell me, you know, how much games they want, how long they want them, um, where they want them. And I just, you know, on the day of the renting, I would load my truck with all the games they chose and come to their place, set it up. Mm-hmm. Give them the rules and just let them have at her. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That is fantastic. Um, we're just about out of time, so uh, technically we're actually out of time, but that's okay. Uh, give <laughs> us the details. How do people find you? Find your website. Give us the address. Give us all those details. So, um, if you go on social media, I am on Instagram, Facebook. So you just type Ludolan Regina, and you would. <laughs> you know, find my pages. And uh, the website is just www.ludolan.site. And uh, yeah, on the site, you have all the informations, you have links to register for classes, you have all the prices, you have all the regular products I offer as well. So yeah. Okay, that is awesome. Super easy to find you. Um, And (laughs) when will you be having classes this spring? For the Easter break, you mean? Uh, probably for after Easter break before the, by the time we get the show produced. Oh, uh, yeah, I, um, this is a time of the year where it's a little bit tricky because I have the summer classes coming up and I want to get some time free before these classes to, uh, to prep them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I still don't know at the moment. I may have okay. a last uh, after-school program before uh, summer, mm-hmm. but uh, in a couple of weeks, I will release all the details for summer. And depending on how it goes, I will decide whether or not I run a last session before summer. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Well, that is fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to share uh, before we wrap up today? Um, I don't know. I think... Uh... <laughs> Wait, I think you were, we're supposed good. to say you were going to share a bottle good. of wine from France with me. <laughs> oh! I'm teasing. I'm uh, just teasing. My, my dad is often sending me a good wine bottle uh, from France, but they, they usually do not last very long uh, in the house. Like, you just... <laughs> I bet they would be gone instantly. (laughs) Yep, they would be gone instantly. I hear you. All right, well, I will go ahead and wrap us up today. So thank you so much, Cedric, for joining me today and talking a little bit about Ludoland and the games you're making, your environmental practices, the classes that you're teaching. Um, I think one of the things that we all, as local business owners, see more often than we would like is sometimes it's really hard to get our name out there, get our product out there. So I really appreciate that you took the time to come and talk with us today. 
And uh, I do hope that lots of folks who hear the episode will reach out and make some contact. Um, on that note, if you want to sell your story, you need to tell your story. And there's no better place to start than being a guest on The Secret Life Show. If you would like to be a guest, you can email me at barb at abovethefold.live or reach out on our Facebook and Instagram pages at abovethefoldca. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google Girl and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.